sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome into the morning after, powered by the Vandal Sportsbook. I am Dubs Anderson, filling in for my man Benny Stevens Thursday and Friday. And as Ben always says, Dubs, you just don't sink the ship. We're going to have a good time. We're going to cash some winners, give out some plays for this afternoon. And I feel like the sports world is absolutely jacked up again this week. The NFL, the footballers are back in for training camp. What about Aaron Rodgers rocking up? like Nicholas Cage from Conair. What is doing, my man? Good to see him back in the house. And what about Kyler Murray reporting for duty for the Arizona Cardinals? He gets the bag for $230 million, but they tell him, hey, no PlayStation, no games time. We don't have any faith in you as the quarterback. We're just giving you the bag. It doesn't make sense. And of course, it's a Thursday, the PGA Tour round one underway over uh, in Detroit, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We're going to Motor City, Detroit, baby, home of Slim Shady. But the golfers, two more events until the FedEx Cup playoffs. So we're going to get started into that one a little later. Give out some dimes for the first round plays. And of course, Major League Baseball, baby. This is what gets Dubsy moving in the summer. The dog days of summer. I just do not entertain that notion. Were you watching last night? The Subway Series. The Yankees taking on the Mets down there in Queens. And I cannot believe the result for this one. The Mets... Getting it done three to two. And what a game it was. What an outing for big, mad Max Scherzer on his 38th birthday. The, the Mets getting it done three to two of the Yankees to get the two game sweep. Things you love to see on a Wednesday evening. And what a game it was. Uh, the Mets getting up two to nothing there early in the game. The Yankees square it up. And then ultimately, Starling Marte slams a walk off RBI single in the ninth inning. The place goes absolutely bonkers. As it should be, notable performers for me, Mad Max Scherzer. Yes, he absolutely scares me, but he scares me as a pitcher. And this is a guy you want out there on the mound for the business end of the season. His 38th birthday absolutely slammed it all over Aaron Judge. What's doing? Got him struck out there three times. Seven shutout innings. Striking out six, walking two. Maxi, Mad Max Scherzer, take a bow, son. And imagine when uh, his ace, his partner in crime gets back. Jacob DeGrom, sure, maybe he got sent yard twice in the minor leagues this week, but I'm hearing he's getting very close to a comeback. That is the one-two punch that you want. And what's going on for the Yankees? What is doing? We come back from the All-Star break, and now they're not the team that went there. Uh, their last 10 starts, they've gone four and six. The Astros figured them out. The Mets have figured them out. Giancarlo Stanton, he's on the IL. That's not good news for him. As good as Aaron Judge has been, couldn't do it last night. The Mets, fantastic stuff. You look at their record for the season, 61 and 37. I don't mind the number. Plus 330 to take out the pennant. World Series, plus 750. That's value for the Mets, baby. Mad Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom. And what about, I've got a new favorite play. I've got to throw out their Vogel back from the Mets. The big unit absolutely rips dingers and the wheels on him. He's probably the fastest guy in the the fastest guy on the planet. Vogel back. He's quicker than Usain Bolt. From what I saw out there, that is my favorite. So what is going on for the Yankees? Well, look, they're up against it right now. Uh, Michael King out for the season. That was announced. Uh, big signing news for them last night. Andrew Benintendi 
will join their ranks, giving them a bit of depth there. Uh, they're losing a couple of prospects from uh, the old bullpen from the minors. So I, I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom for the Yankees. Of course, they're going to run it back tonight, taking on the Kansas City Royals in the Bronx. Jemison Tyone on the bump. We welcome in our radio listeners, Channel 159, Sirius XM. This is the morning after, and I'm Dubs Anderson filling in for Ben Stevens. Yes, we sound a little different. Dubs, he's got that West Coast slang to him, baby. And we're talking about the Subway Series, the Mets getting it past the Yankees, two to nothing in terms of games, 3-2 last night, an absolute thriller. Max Scherzer, fantastic stuff from him. And I think the serious value on these guys to make a tilt at the World Series. You look at the Yankees, they're still way up here in the ALE standings, but for the Mets, now edging it past the Atlanta Braves. And what about my Angels? They're not the Dodgers, but uh, big news coming up yesterday for Mike Trout. Now, this is what annoys me about some of these organizations. It's the same thing for Kyler Murray. The, the, the team doctor comes out and say, okay, Mike Trout's got this rare spinal condition. It's something he's going to have to play with and manage for the rest of his career. So everyone loses it. It's it's complete, uh, you know, battle stations. Mike Trout, he's never going to play again. Relax. Yes, it's a rare spinal condition, but it is something that he can manage, that he can play with. He's still optimistic about coming back for this season. The Halos, I mean, what a terrible run these guys are having. Poor Mike Trout. This guy's an absolute superstar. It's his 31st birthday coming up this month. He scored, what, 24 home runs in 79 games this season. The guy's an absolute superstar. But this is what concerns me. If a doctor starts throwing that out there, the media take it. We're now starting to mess with a guy's value, his livelihood. And this is a superstar. Look at what he's done. 334 home runs for his career. 867 RBIs. Mike Trout will be back. Look, everyone who's in the league for a minute doing what these guys do, swinging the way he does, there's going to be niggling injuries. But I think it was great for Mike Trout to come out yesterday and say, hey, I appreciate the sport. Let's just uh, let's just calm ourselves down a little bit. It's something I'm going to have to go through. But he's going to bounce back. Hopefully in a couple of weeks when that quarter zone kicks in, we'll see Mike Trout back in action. But does he really want to come back in action for the Angels? They are the worst team in baseball, what a disappointment. They fired the head coach. That didn't fix anything. Sure, they got a, a measly little win there last night. But what about Showtime Otani? He must be thinking, what am I even doing here? Come up to the Dodgers, pal. We'll have you. Plenty more when we come back here the morning after, baby. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. Happy Thursday. Bring on the weekend. Only a couple sleeps left. I'm Dubs Anderson, joined by my main man, Davis Maddock, to talk a little baseball. MLB Davis, just before the break, we're talking about last night's uh, Subway Series. The Mets, far too good for the Yankees, getting it past them 3 to 2 in an absolute thriller. Uh, they're up 2 to nothing. They square it up. And then, of course, Starling Marte. With a walk-off RBI there in the ninth. Mad Max Scherzer, he was fantastic on the mound for the Mets. Shutting down uh, all rise for Aaron Judge. What were your takes on this one, Davis? Uh, I, I love to see a bit of rivalry in sports. 
I mean, yeah, I love I love a good subway series. You know, we kind of get we kind of get the version of that here in the Midwest where I'm from. They call it the I-70 series between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals. It's not it's not really fair. Honestly, it's actually kind of similar to the Yankees and Mets where the Yankees are the big brother, right? The Cardinals are this historically great franchise, the Royals. I although the Royals do have a more recent World Series championship than the Cardinals, but I mean, my my main takeaway is the Yankees, I think, have to be pretty seriously considering any upgrade for starting pitcher, you know, throwing out Jordan Montgomery, Jamison Tyon in the playoffs. Now, obviously, Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, these guys are are great. I mean, Garrett Cole, AL Cy Young candidate, Nestor Cortez, like, has been phenomenal this season. But the Mets, Max Scherzer, when he's on, is probably the best starting pitcher in the National League. And then DeGrom has got to be pretty close so if the if all the Yankees care about is winning the World Series which if you have Yankees money uh, that's really all you can care about I would expect them to be basically the biggest active buyer of starting pitching at the deadline whoever the best starting pitcher who gets traded is that guy should go to the New York Yankees I think yeah absolutely yeah when we talk about high octane offense the Yankees that that is number one on the list they're going to be a problem for Aaron Judge as good as he's been this season, what, 38 home runs? Uh, when we talk about MVP odds, this guy has got to be at the very top of your list. I mean, minus 110 there uh, in the American League. Showtime Otani, plus 110. Uh, notably, Mike Trout there, uh, given the news that dropped yesterday, now drops down to 100 to 1. Not fantastic, but what's your outlook for this one? Aaron Judge, does he have it in the bag as we approach the business end of the season? Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't think that Aaron okay. Judge does have it in in the bag. Um, I think Otani has another year to win before we get voter fatigue. Uh, and actually, this is true. If you if you go look this up, Aaron Judge, he does have more home runs than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did at this point last season. I think he has five more home runs than Vlad did. But all the advanced stuff, weighted on base average, weighted runs created plus, all that stuff, Vlad was actually slightly better. I think because Judge still strikes out quite a bit. I want to say 22% K rate off the top of my head. And Otani is hitting worse than he did last season. I believe Otani ended up with 45 home runs and 20 stolen bases last year. But he's been way better as a pitcher. In fact, I, I believe right now he is fourth in American League Cy Young voting. So I, I do think at the end of the day, when the voters sit down, and even though he's on this terrible team, right, you were just talking about the Angels in the last segment, they're like one of the biggest jokes in Major League Baseball right now. I don't, I don't really see a convincing argument that anyone could tell me that Otani is not only the most valuable player in baseball, but maybe the most valuable athlete in professional sports right now, right? So it would be like if Patrick Mahomes was also an all-pro strong safety, like it's yeah. What Otani is doing, it's it's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in sports. Yeah, he's a fantastic athlete. He brings a lot to that team. Hopefully, yeah, that they try and hold on to him. Uh, the trade deadline fast approaching August 2nd. Uh, it's been a little quiet thus far, so I, I think uh, plenty of big plays still to come. But let's talk about some of these other results last night, Davis. The Phillies beat the Brace 7-2. to Detroit, baby, keep on rocking, taking down the Padres 4-3. to in Motor City, the Brewers 10-4 over the Twins. The Rockies at home get it done to beat out the White Sox 6-5. And what about my favorite team in baseball, the Oakland Athletics? 4-2 over the Astros. They sweep them. Three-game series sweep. I mean, what is going on? Every time I bet on these guys, they lose. Every time I get on the run line, they don't cover. And now I try and go against them. They win the Oakland Athletics. I mean, uh, Steph Curry was there 
in attendance throughout the first pitch. I think he was the only guy there in attendance yesterday. I mean, they absolutely make me sick. But, mate, let's talk about the Cardinals taking on the Blue Jays. Uh, Toronto would run uh, quite the streak there. What they put seven-game win streak together. Not so good last night. Six to one for the Cardinals. Albert Pujols, I mean, he is still getting it done. He sent a rocket three-run home run there last night to get it past uh, the Blue Jays. Cardinals were missing Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. Paul Holt's now 42 years of age, an 11-time All-Star, three-time uh, National League MVP. When we talk about guys who are hitting dingers, who've still got that big diesel, talk to me about the Cardinals, 52-47 and 47 for the season, beating uh, Toronto there last night. Well, you know, the, the pressure is really on for the Cardinals right now because they are only three games back of their division against the Brewers. But looking at the standings, it does seem like they are almost drawing dead to make it from a wild card perspective because they are seven games behind the Braves. They are, uh, looks like four and a half games behind the Padres. The Giants could even catch them at this point. So they pretty much have to win their division to get in. And that is that is a tough spot to be in, to have to win the division because it's going to make those Brewers games when they, I don't know when their next series against the Brewers is, but it's going to feel really, really tight. And I mean, those are going to be super important games. And, uh, you know, I think the Cardinals are another team that should be interested in buying at the deadline because some of these pitchers that they are throwing out, and this is such an organizational thing with the Cardinals, they think they are like the absolute best team at developing starting pitching and they keep these guys in their rotation forever. But I mean, like Adam Wainwright, Adam Wainwright throwing high leverage games in, you know, in, in July, in August, you don't, you don't love to see that, you know, you would, you would prefer them. Uh, Luis Castillo would maybe be a guy that they could be interested in. Um, you know, the Pablo Lopez for the Miami Marlins, our, our buddy Craig Mish was talking about this on Twitter yesterday, that, that uh, yesterday might've been the last time Pablo Lopez pitches for the Marlins. I think Pablo Lopez would be a perfect addition for the Cardinals. And they also rely, they have a lot of young guys that they're playing, right? Nolan Gorman, Brandon Donovan, they're, they're just loaded up with these young guys. And so adding like, I think a veteran DH corner outfielder type guy would also not be the worst decision for them. And pressure is on for the Blue Jays too. They play in the most competitive division in baseball. So to stay alive for the second wild card for them, I mean, they have to beat the Rays. They're going to have to, they're, they're the only division of baseball where every team is either at 500 or after last night, the Red Sox are one game below 500, but they really have their work cut out for them to make the playoffs. Cause pretty much every game they play the rest of the way is a super high leverage game, even though they are way, I mean, they're 10 games above 500, but they they're still pretty much fighting for their playoff life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the best team in baseball. Maybe just the national league Davis. Maybe I'm a little biased. My Dodgers, baby, we're back in the winner's circle last night, 7-1 to one over the Nationals. We started strong in that first inning, uh, scoring six there. It was great to have Justin Turner back. Mookie Betts was strong again. And look, we dropped the first two there to the Nationals. Juan Soto, the chance we're coming. Future Dodger, Juan Soto to LA. You'd love to see it. What do you make of the Dodgers? Great to see them get a bounce back uh, last night. I was a little scared there earlier in the week. Got to be honest, Davis. I, I totally agree with you. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. And if I was running the Dodgers, if I was the GM, knowing how much money we have, knowing all these insane assets, I, I would go to the owner and say, tell me how much money I have. 
how do I get Juan Soto, right? What can I give up to get Juan Soto? How much money can I give him? How much money in cash? How much, you know, because the Nationals are one of these teams that kind of need cash for operational purposes. If I was the Dodgers, I, I would be making calls every single day to the Nats for an office to try and get him. Yeah, if it's not the Dodgers, Davis, where, where's a, a couple of possible landing spots for Juan Soto? If it's not the Dodgers... If it's not the Dodgers, he's not going to get traded until the offseason. I think everyone else would just have to move too many pieces around to get him. Yeah. Stay in DC. Make up the numbers. You throw Juan Soto in a Dodgers outfit. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Watch out, baby. We're coming in real hot. The morning after, Dubs Anderson, Davis, Matty, plenty more. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after Dubs Anderson, Davis Maddock talking some baseball, of course, powered by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Davis, a couple of big games out on the mound this afternoon. Let's talk about the Guardians taking on the Boston Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox 49 and 54 their season, sitting the bottom of the AL East. Uh, I did not see that coming. Tristan McKenzie taking on Cutter Crawford. What a name for baseball that is. Cutter Crawford, two and three for his season, 4.5. Oh, ERA, the Red Sox have been really bad, uh, just to put it straight there. At home, I guess that helps a little. If I'm looking at the two pitches, maybe I'm going to lean towards McKenzie in this matchup. If you're looking at the numbers here, the Guardians are your favorites. Minus 118 on the money line, uh, minus one and a half on the run line there, plus 136 for the Guardians. Davis, what are you liking for this one? Uh, I mean, I like I like the Guardians here. Tristan McKenzie is a guy yeah. who is pretty interesting. Uh, his first experience in Major League Baseball came back in 2020, and he was absolutely blowing guys away. Pretty good strikeout rate last year as well. Uh, he has changed some of his delivery and some of his, you know, just strategy as a pitcher. So he was a 12% walk rate guy for his, I believe his first 15 starts in the majors. So what he's done this season is basically become more of a control type pitcher. He's got his walk rate down to 6%. His K rate has sliced as well, you know, because he's just trying to blow it by guys a little bit less often, but he's gotten better results, right? His ERA now is the lowest it's been in his major league career sitting at 3.1. And uh, I love, I mean, I love to trash on the Red Sox. One of my, one of my least favorite organizations in professional sports. So I, I love when they're having a tough scene and who had this on their bingo card sitting here, July 28th, the Boston Red Sox, the last place team in the American league East. They are technically <laughs> a half game behind the Baltimore Orioles because they have their, their one game back in the loss column and they spent all this money. And, you know, really, if, if I was a, a general manager of a team, which is my favorite way to analyze sports, I would spend money the exact opposite way the Red Sox do. The Red Sox never spend money on starting pitching, it feels like, and they're always paying, you know, Trevor Story and J.D. Martinez and all these guys. Uh, they're, they're paying all these old hitters, which is not the way I would, and of course, you know, nothing more embarrassing as a franchise worth billions and billions of dollars than letting Mookie Betts go. I mean, truly a disastrous decision as a franchise and the guardians don't even want to win games dubs. They went into this season <laughs> saying, we're not paying anyone. They did give Jose Ramirez the contract extension, but they're, you know, they're throwing out 
Josh Naylor and Owen Miller and calling up all these guys from their minor league system. They have a super low payroll, and they might even win the American League Central only two games back of the Twins right now. Yeah, uh, disappointing season thus far, to say the least, mate. Uh, the 8 p.m. slot, uh, we've got a couple of big games. One that's got my attention, the Mariners, 54 and 45 for their season, taken on the Astros, who have been very strong up until this week, 64 and 35 for the season, top of the AL West matchup here. Logan Gilbert taking on uh, big Jose there, 9 and 4 for he starts of the season, 3.93. Air 8, what's going on for the Astros, Davis? How do they get swept by... The Athletics. I mean, Verlander, who's been having a sensational year, 13 wins next to his name. I've got to imagine they bounce back for this one tonight at home. The projected total, they're set at eight. Uh, I'm probably going to lean towards the unders. and I'm looking for a bounce back out of the Astros. What are you liking for this one, Davis? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I love a side here in general, when I, in general, when I don't love the side, I would just go with the under. And I don't really understand how the Mariners are, are doing this, to be honest. You know, you, you look at their roster and you're like, yeah, you know, there are a bunch of guys that I kind of like. Cooley Rodriguez is, is obviously a star. None of their starting pitchers, you know, really blow me away. Robbie Ray has actually been worse than he was as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. And they paid him that huge contract. They have gotten a very good season out of Logan Gilbert, who is the guy who is taking them out for them tonight. But, you know, I mean, we're talking about Marco Gonzalez and, and Chris Flexen and these guys who are just, you know, pretty average pitchers. Honestly, a, a lot of it probably has come on, on some opportune hitting for them. I mean, anytime a team goes on a two-week winning streak, you can assume they're getting some good luck, uh, you know, some positive variance in, in one-run games. And then, you know, honestly, the Astros, I think very similar to the Yankees, they – need to be seriously looking at adding starting pitching. So you have Verlander, who's obviously great, right? 39 years old, 116 innings pitch, you know, not giving up any home runs, really doing a good job limiting his runs. But then you look at the rest of their guys, and you're like, all right, well, Framber Valdez, his ERA, way better than his expected ERA. Christian Javier, about the same. Louis Garcia, about the same. Like, I feel like they also probably need to be in that running to add like a real strong, not, not a number one, because Justin Verlander is your number one, but definitely a number two if they're serious about, you know, trying to keep up with the Yankees and the Mets. Yeah, and if we look at the American League West, I mean, the Astros are still uh, up top by, a, you know, quite a clear margin there. The Mariners trailing them by 10 games, then the Rangers, the Angels, and the Athletics all, you know, uh, in the distance, off in the wind, if you will, mate. Let's talk about a big game this afternoon, the Rangers taking on the Angels. I call these two, you know, a couple of cellar dwellers, if you will. You're making up the numbers at this point. I'd be putting the queue in the rack, resting all my star pieces. Uh, on the mound, we've got Spencer Howard, one and two for he starts the season, a 7.11 ERA. That is disgusting. Taking on Shohai Otani, one of the hottest uh, talents in baseball. Everyone knows Showtime and what he's doing. We spoke about it earlier. Nine and five for his uh, starts. 2.80 ERA. The Angels, Showtime Otani on the mound. Can we go any other way for this one, Davis? I'm looking at the projected total there. Seven and a half um, with Otani. I still like the unders. What's your thoughts on these two outfits? And I mean, Otani, just to hype him up again, how good is this guy? I mean, he's, he's the best. I mean, he is probably my favorite player. I mean, he's definitely my favorite player in baseball. Uh, definitely in contention for my favorite athlete overall. I just, that, I don't know, man. It's just, he's you up never, there with Roy McIlroy? 
Oh, I, I, no one, no one's up there. Rory is on his own, right? Rory is his own caliber like of guy. That. It's like, yeah. it's like, and, and cause it's honestly, it's kind of great with Rory's like you, you kind of, you, you can, you empathize with him. It's just, it's this whole thing. And I guess kind of the same thing with Shohei too. Like you just feel bad for him that he's playing for this organization that can't provide him yeah. any support. And, and, you know, he didn't really have any control over what happened with his free agent posting. I would love to see Shohei Otani moved to a meaningful team so we can see him play some baseball, uh, you know, some, some playoff baseball, but Spencer Howard, the guy pitching for the Rangers, pretty interesting. He was a top, top, top prospect for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, he was drafted in the second round all the way back in 2017. He has uh, a, a, the rare pitching prospect who can throw four pitches for strikes. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how much you're, you're in, really into the weeds in baseball, but there's, there's this theory, there's this idea called there is no such thing as a pitching prospect because anything can happen with these guys in the minors, right? Guys get drafted, and yeah. I know as a Kansas City Royals fan, how many guys have we drafted in the first round never seen them in the majors one of our guys we have making the rotation right now was like a 15th round pick it's these these guys anything can happen with these guys spencer howard absolutely disgusting stuff in the minors you know striking out like 40 percent of the guys he is facing just completely blowing away but also walking a ton of guys which is what has happened to him in the major leagues he is walking 10 percent of the batters that he has faced right now that is so bad for a major league starting pitcher but you know, kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, just in general, a guy with that much of a pedigree who can throw four pitches for strikes, at least theoretically. I, I, I think I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of on the under here. I mean, look at some of these lineups that the Los Angeles Angels have been running out for the last week of the season. I mean, they, so these, these names are embarrassing, right? Jared Walsh batting cleanup. Kurt Suzuki, who I think is 38 years old, batting fifth as the catcher for them. Uh, guys, I've literally never heard of. You know, Michael Stefanik batting ninth it's it's like how do you let your organization get to this point when when you, they pretty much have the two best players in baseball in trout and otani and then everyone else they have is just like a triple a AAA guy basically yeah it's, it's it's been tough to watch uh you know firing the the coach early in the season that didn't change anything um you know otani a couple of interesting uh plays there for tonight's game i'm looking at the strikeouts eight and a half that seems a little high, Davis. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to be the, the pessimist and say, no, he doesn't reach that mark. Uh, two plus total bases, minus 105 for a home run, plus 285. I'm going to say uh, unders on the old strikeouts. And a name I, I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on, again, Mike Trout, huge news drop. And yes, say that he's got a rare spinal condition. At first, you know, uh, hearing the news drop, everyone's like, oh, no, Mike Trout, the career's done. We're not going to see him uh, back out there again. But he, he came out and said, hey, Let's just relax. We've got a little, you know, injury concern going on. All players go through similar things to this, despite this being a pretty unique condition. But he is going to try and get back out there this season. What did you make of that? And should we be buying into uh, Mike Trout telling us to uh, just call the Jets there? So this is actually, uh, this has been reported on before. I'm not sure why it's it's making a headline again, but very, very few people know this. And I think it's by design that Major League Baseball doesn't want people to know this. But Trout has known about this condition since he was in the minor leagues. And he, uh, this is this is true. Now, I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the very, like, in, inside specifics of this. But the, Trout is able to take some steroids, like, legally approved by Major League Baseball. He's on you know, they know that this is happening because of this condition that he has with his back. So I, I don't know why this is a big story. 
all of a sudden right now. But I mean, obviously, like what we don't want is we don't want Mike Trout's career cut short. You know, I would love to see Mike Trout playing like Albert Pools until he's 42. Like I, I want this guy to play 25 years. Yeah, absolutely. We need Mike Trout back. Uh, Davis, it's always a good time uh, and in great news for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Tony Finau already up top of the leaderboard in the golf in the Premier League. Getting started next week, Davis. It's always a good time chopping it up, talking this and that. Uh, when we come back, plenty more here on a Thursday afternoon. Davis, Matic, we appreciate your time, my man. Dubs entertained through the next couple of hours. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after, powered by the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm Dubs Anson, filling in for Benny Stevens. And you know there's one thing I absolutely love talking. It's golf. It's PGA Tour. You bring in David Behrman from ESPN. David, happy Thursday to you, sir. We appreciate you making the time. It's a pretty interesting time in the old golf space right now. I mean, it was 12 months ago where the biggest rivalry we had was between Brooksy and Bryson not trying to uh, flex their biceps at one another. But hey, two weeks out from uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs, the Rocket Mortgage Classic this week in Detroit. Plenty on the line. It's a decent field. We've got a couple of big names. Cantlay, Willie Z, Cameron Young. What are you liking for this one? Yeah, it is definitely an interesting time. You mentioned Brooksy and Kepka, and obviously neither one of them are going to be in the field for any future PGA Tour events as they both went over to live. And so they took that little... Uh, dynamic with them over there we'll see if that plays out but as far as the rocket mortgage a lot on the line it's it's the second to last regular season event next week's Wyndham championship which is on a very similar course to this one uh so the, these players have two more weeks to get into the top 125 in the field and that top 125 is going to be a little bit interesting because the pg hasn't totally decided what to do with the live players who have not teed off yet in a live event there's been a lot of players that have been rumored to be going or have announced they're going but they haven't been banned until they actually tee off. So some of those guys are still in the FedEx Cup Tour points lead, points race that that may not be there come a week or two from now. So that's always interesting. As far as this this week's field, you know, already out on the course, a couple of players, Tony Finau, who won last week's event, is already five under at the turn in the first round. I didn't play him this week because he won last week, and it's kind of hard to go back-to-back unless your name is Xander Shoffley. But one of the guys that I'm targeting is, is runner-up, uh, for the Brit- Open Championship runner-up, Cam Young. Uh, he's going to be a very popular pick this week, so I'll, I'll warn you in advance, if you're not a guy who likes public plays, you might want to avoid this one because um, a lot of people are going to be on him. But with that, there's good reason for it, unlike a public play in the NFL or college football where it's just the number. Here I'm going to tell you that Cam Young, who probably already has locked up Rookie of the Year, the guy has four runners up and, and two third-place finishes. The only thing he hasn't done is win. He's second off the tee, 21st tee to green, and 17th overall in shots gained. It's his first time at this event, but that doesn't bother me because you look at his seven top three finishes this year. They've been on all sorts of different courses. He's one of the best players right now on tour. Hasn't won yet, but I think you're getting good odds with him to win this week at this event. Yeah, I uh, I am one of the, the people in the bandwagon for Cameron Young. This guy's absolutely fantastic. He's second in strokes again off the tee. And your point, David, 
look, I, I didn't think he'd be able to play Lynx golf, and he has a runner-up at the Open Championship. He contends no matter the ballpark. Let's talk about Willie Z, who's been on the tour a little bit longer than his good buddy uh, Cameron Young there. Is it scar tissue, or are we getting closer to a breakthrough win? I cannot believe this guy, uh, you know, from where he was 12 months ago, a runner-up at the Masters, we're yet to see a win on the PGA Tour for Will Zalatoris. Is it coming soon? Every couple of years, you run into that player that all the talent in the world that you hear about every single week on tour. Like, you can probably recite Willie Z's bio by heart. How many times you've seen him at the top <laughs> yeah. of the leaderboard being talked about as, you know, the, the Arnold Palmer Wake Forest scholarship, yada, 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 yada. This guy will win a tournament. I'm not projecting this one because his weakness, and it's the weakness that has kept Willie Z from winning any PGA Tour event so far, is his putter. And this is the one course where it's not terribly difficult. Fairways are kind of wide. The, the 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 rough is not that penal. It's not a U.S. Open type course. But it is ranked in the top 10 yearly in putting hardness. So this is a course where, like, if you get – people are going to get to the green, you got to rely on your putter. So every single week when we do metrics to decide what we should look at, I really focused a lot on putting metrics this week and a lot of my stuff. And Willie Z just isn't there with the putter. Now, when he does turn it on, you see stuff like runner-up at the Masters, runner-up at the PGA, losing in a playoff. That is when his putter's working. He has to bring that for four full rounds, which he has yet to do. That's why I'm leaning towards guys like Kevin Kisner, who's eighth in putting, or um, or a guy like Webb Simpson, who's top 15 in putting and loves Donald Ross-type courses where it's easier to get there but then you got to finish the deal with your flat stick. So Willie Z, to answer your question, he will win one day, and he'll probably win multiple majors over time. I just don't think it's on a course like this. Now, I could be wrong. He could put four really good days of putting together because he's probably a top-five ball striker on tour and is probably the top ball striker in this particular event. But as we all know, when you get to the green, you got to finish the deal, and Willie Z just hasn't done that in his rounds. Yeah, absolutely. And I like a couple of those plays, uh, Simpson and Kevin Kisner. They do it the old school way. And this is an old school golf course, right? Detroit Golf Club. It looks like the leaders are already at five, six under par for their opening round today. So we can expect super low scoring. Talk to me about some of these other prop markets, finishing positions. Any other, you know, the other golfers got your attention. Maybe they can't get it done on Sunday afternoon, but you've got them, uh, you know, highlighted for a really strong finish this week. Sure, I, and I highlighted the, the Cam Young, Kevin Kisners, and, and Webb Simpsons that I think could contend and win this week. I really like Cam Davis to finish in the top 10. He won this last year, so he obviously has proven he can win at this event. Of course, he missed the cut the first two times he played it. But he's a guy who I'm not necessarily picking him because he won last year. I'm more picking him because, by the way, he's at three consecutive top 20s on tour. So I think here's a guy who's going to finish in the top 10. You're getting three and a half to one value on him. He's been doing it the last couple of weeks, so why not another week? Uh, a sneaky play that I had in the column, uh, Taylor Pendrith, top 20 finish. He currently is three under through six holes, starting on the back nine, so he's backing my play up early with a very, very good start. Here's a guy who missed four months of the season with a rib injury, so you really haven't heard about him. His odds aren't that long to begin with because he hasn't played much, but since his return from the rib injury, he has a T13 at Barbersall and a T11 at Barracuda, championship two events whose field are similar to this as opposed to a major uh while everybody else was in scotland he was here playing the backup events here on tour he's tied for ninth in hitting greens and he's someone who with four months off to rest 
his rib injury. I think he's back. He plays the birdie fest courses, as you can see, with people at four and five under already. This is turning into a birdie fest. He's a guy that I do like to finish strong in the top 20. And I'll throw one long shot out there, Dubs. Um, you know, keep, take it with a grain of salt. It's 150 to one. But if Bo Hostler is ever going to break through and win something, this is the type of course that he can go. And an event like this where it's not the strongest field in the world that kind of go down a little bit to the longer shots to play. He's sixth on tour in putting, which, like I said, putting's important at this particular course in these greens. He gets the ball out there 26th in distance. So in a wide open course, he's going to have a little bit extra advantage off the tee. Finished T25 last year. It's a lottery ticket, but we know he's capable of doing it because he's sixth in putting and he's long off the tee. 150 to one, nah. but it's someone I'm, I'm looking at. Hey, you give me a, a triple digi ticket on a Thursday, you're going to get me excited. I like Bo Hosler's <laughs> golf game. I think he's, what, 27 years of age, but it feels like he's been around for the last couple of decades. Like he's a young journeyman, and I don't think he's afraid of the big stage. So if he gets in the mix, Bo Hosler, that's that's definitely going to be a problem. What about your, your uh, Taylor Pendrith play? A lot of good golfers coming out of Canada, especially this season on the PGA Tour, old uh, Canadian bacon there, Taylor Pendrith. You'd love to see that. At three under par, David, I mean, they should let you cash that ticket out now. M money in the bank already. Early days for, uh, you know, Detroit Golf Club here. What can we expect two weeks out from the FedEx Cup playoffs? Is it a week where we maybe question the motivation for some of these big names? Or are they going to be hyped up trying to get a few more points, trying to make it inside that top 125 for a couple of weeks away? I think some of the bigger players, if they play next week at the Wyndham, will have their spot locked up. But keep in mind, without there being yeah. four FedEx Cup events, now it's down to three. You got to go from 125 to 70, not to 125 to 100 to 70, which it's been in the past. With only three events, you got to ensure you're in the top 70. I'm not too worried about the guys at the front, but there are a whole lot of guys. You take Webb Simpson. He's currently 125, which might move up a little bit because of the live tour people being eliminated. But he has to worry about getting into the top 70 by the second playoff event. And, and as we know with Webb, he's the Wyndham Championship czar with nine top tens and a win there. So I'm expecting him to play well next week. But with nothing guaranteed, he needs to have a good week this week already, two under par on the front, two under par on the front nine. If he can have back-to-back -back good weeks, he could sneak into that top 70 for the BMW. And then, of course, the Tour Championship at Eastlake is only the top 30. So even if you're in the field of 125, you got a lot of work to do to get into that 70 and 30. Yeah, there's nothing uh, better early on a Thursday, David, seeing these picks already on the top page of the leaderboard. We're playing for a lot of money, the FedEx Cup playoffs, as you touched on. But, I mean, everything of late has been about off the golf course, the live series. Will Zalatoris coming out, defending the PGA Tour this week, saying, hey, you can give me as much money as you want. But when it comes down to it, I'm still going to be showing up for the PGA Tour. And that kind of loyalty, that's big. Uh, the sport needs it. We need it for the PGA Tour, which for me is still going to have the best of the best in the world competing. But what do you make of the Live Series? We're hearing now that Bubba Watson is the latest one to jump ship. They've got an event starting there tomorrow over in Bedminster on the East Coast. Um, I mean, two months ago, I questioned, was this thing actually going to come to fruition? And here they are. It's got a fair bit of weight behind it, David. I think they're getting more weight behind it than than people anticipated. But at the same time, I'm not sold yet because there are still a couple of things that are not done yet that I think will make or break whether the live tour continues to grow or whether it's just a flash in the pan. One, they need they need a big rights deal. They, they currently don't have a big rights deal. Nobody's going to go on and watch it on streaming with a terrible broadcast is not the way to grow. And you obviously need the money 
from a big network rights deal to continue. Obviously, money is not their issue, but you still need to get out there. And, you know, it's one thing for us to bet it. It's one thing for us to follow it. But if you can't watch it, it really doesn't do you any good. And the other thing that I'm keeping an eye on because the decisions haven't been made yet, will the official world golf ranking acknowledge the Live Tour? Because without the official world golf ranking points that come with being recognized, these players will fall off the map in terms of their world ranking if they're not playing the PGA Tour, which will hurt them in many, many places, including qualification for majors, qualifications for invitationals, European Tour events, as well as Ryder Cup and President events. The international golf is all based on the world golf rankings, which if you don't get those points, you're going to drop like a rock in those standings. And maybe the players don't care about that. Maybe they want to play eight to 14 times a year for a lot of money and call it a day. But those are the two big things. And I think the majors that haven't decided yet, like the Masters and um, and such, will wait on the official world golf ranking decision before they decide what to do. I think those are the key points as to whether this will take off. You can sign any name you want. That doesn't mean it's going to succeed. Because at the end of the day, losing Bubba Watson, all due respect to the multi-major time winner, I'm not losing any sleep over Bubba Watson not being on tour. You know, Dustin Johnson's a loss. Um, Brooks Kepka's a loss to a degree. And Bryson's for all the drama he brings. But losing Charles Howe III and Bubba Watson and Taylor Gooch um, and everyone's favorite Pat Perez doesn't really lose sleep over that. So we'll see. I think you bring up Willie Z. I think there's definitely been two different camps here. You've got the players who are taking over the PGA Tour as being the loyalists, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, and now Willie Z. They're locking down that they're going to be the future of the PGA Tour once Tiger's gone, as opposed to some of the guys who are saying, to hell with this, I'm going to go over and play for a lot of money overseas. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. You make a very good point. I mean, the standard for the Live Series, you've got to imagine that's going to drop pretty quickly. They're just not playing a lot of golf. And what incentive is there to practice, mate? I would argue it's actually been a pretty good year for golf. We're bringing a lot of new eyeballs into the sport. There's a lot of great young talent coming through. Give us a young guy to watch as we move into the FedEx Cup playoffs who can make a bit of a run and maybe get that big check at Eastlake. I'm going to stick with Cameron Young. He's been outstanding. I really okay. liked what I saw at the, at the Open Championship and at the PGA, and I think Cameron Young is a name to follow and for the rest of this way, and he could be someone that could cash a huge check at the at the Tour Championship. Love it. He's not flashy, but it gets it done. David Behrman from ESPN, we appreciate you making the time back in winners early here on a Thursday for the PGA Tour. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. Happy Thursday. Dubs Essen filling in for Benny Stevens, and of course, powered by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Great to have David Behrman on from ESPN talking a little PGA Tour. We've got a great event shaping up over there in Detroit, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Is it really a classic? I don't know. You can, you can make that argument. But hey, plenty of movement on these live boards. A couple of leaders already up top here. You know what time it is. It's time for Guess the Line. All right, round one already underway. Sam Ryder, Tony Finau up top of your leaderboard at five under par, just getting their rounds underway through nine holes there. Look, Tony Finau started the day 
a 13 to 1 second favorite. He obviously got that win last Sunday at the 3M Open. He didn't even want to win. I mean, Scott Pearcey gave that away to him. So I, I don't think it does count. But hey, we're going to guess the line. Who's going to be leading after today's round? Who's going to be the odds on favorite at the FanDuel Sportsbook? I'm going to say it's Tony Finau. He looks really comfortable early here in round one, five under par through 10 holes. So I'm going to say Tony Finau gets it to eight under par for his round one score. He's going to be leading the Rocket Mortgage Classic after round one. And the odds, we're going to get Tony Finau at three to one with the FanDuel Sportsbook. That's Dubsy's prediction. After round one today, Tony Finau is going to be leading the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He's going to be sitting up top by himself at eight under par, and you can still get him at three to one with the FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's see how big Dubsy goes. Let's cash a couple of tickets. And look, that's what we look for in the golf. I wasn't big on him pre-taunt, but that's what we get about the live betting. He's showing us that, hey, he's he's leaning on that, on that confidence from last Sunday. Tony Fina, a three-time winner on the PGA Tour. Sure, he gets the wobbles when he gets under pressure, but I like what I'm seeing. Round one, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and we've got another low-scoring birdie shootout. I don't want to see a 25-26 under par. But Tony Finau will be leading after today, and we're going to get him a 3-1. to one. That's the line, baby. Keep it right here the morning after.